right, friends, welcome back. I'm Joseph Tinney, and this is Formation Matters, a podcast where we look at the formative power of the arts. To kiss to Cardaline, post pictures on the walls, small talk in a bedroom hall. As I mentioned in the previous episode, we are looking at bits of a Q&A I had with some artist pals, film producer and writer David McFadden, and script consultant and writer Barbara Nicolosi. This came out of a film and theology event, and this is the second question in this series, and here it is. What are some of the lies that can be found in film, and what is unique to the present day regarding the way these messages are packaged? Let's go to the Q&A. I think that the, some of the most troubling lies that you see in the movies are, you know, it's the same place where the most the greatest power is in the movies, and that's in the subtext, the sub, the presuppositions of the story. It, it's not even necessarily what they say; it's what they make you assume. So look at Friends, for example, huh? So Friends presumes that porn isn't a big deal, right? It's a presumption. In order to laugh at how many episodes in Friends, how many jokes, you have to accept the presupposition that porn is not that big a deal. And then you can laugh. So um, that's an example of, you have to say to yourself, where, what is the underlying worldview that's, that's coming through here? What do they think about human life? What do they think about um, the, the world, the cosmos? You know, um, and, and so you have to start looking for those, those things and the signs of them. But now, fr- Friends really redeemed yeah. itself because if you remember in that last episode, all the sex that they had had through <laughs> the years, all of them had venereal disease. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah. No, there were no consequences. Mm. There were no consequences. Mm-hmm. Sex is relationless. It's recreational. And once you take the spiritual dimension, for, I mean, I, I would just be happy for the relational dimension in, in a younger generation. But once you take the spiritual dimension out of sex, you do not get the joy and satisfaction that you, that you should be getting. And, and I want, um, can I just say, too, I think one of the big lies, one of the big presuppositions in a lot of storytelling, um, and I, I hate to pick on generations, but I'm going to say boomer storytelling, oh, is cynicism. That there's this tremendous cynicism. I don't know, um, you know, I'm somebody who remembers the first season of ER when Doug and Carol were heroic doctors and nurses. They were heroes. And you'd sit there and say, wow, how cool to have people like that take care of me. Then flash forward to the last season of ER. I wouldn't want to be stuck on an elevator for 15 seconds with any of these people. They were narcissistic, selfish, um, bickering, com- completely... Now. Flawed characters, yes, we need this in storytelling, but not this kind of pervasive thing that there's no such thing as a heroic choice. Everybody has an agenda. Uh, Maybe you think it's good, but it's good for you, but it's not really good for her, and there's nothing we can say. That kind of supposition that there is no such thing as heroism. Nobody can be a hero. Everybody's got an agenda. I think it's just bled so much into the boomer stories um, that, uh, you know, it's, gl- it's good they're turning 70. But I, I, think, um, I think that the new generation coming up, we're seeing this desire to kind of throw off this cynicism and, and, and have uh, the possibility of, of heroic choices. A great moment for the church. 
um, if we can uh, get our act together artistically. Friends, until next time, you can go to our website at formationmatters.com where you'll find more information on this episode as well as other articles and content. Until then, enjoy your art. Know that it is forming you. Yes, it is. And thanks for listening.